0: and gentlemen welcome to the tom dick and hyman show episode 19 we're so close to being out of our teens we're nearly there we're nearly at 20 big milestone
1: it's gonna be great we're gonna move out of house
0: buy our own house ourselves get a mortgage get a pension it's gonna be great i'm not sure i'm not Double check this, I haven't read this up, but I guarantee you, probably less than 20% of all podcasts make it to episode 20. Wow. So let's see. Fingers crossed we make it. you coming... doomed us all! <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up this week, Haimo? Well,
1: we're going to talk about the Rio Olympics and the debacle that it is. Oh my... God, I never want to move to Rio. It is nuts. I didn't think I could see more of a twisted knot of a country Brazil. It's not the best.
0: Yeah, after, like, what, the football? And now this? It's not the best uh, advertisement for Brazil at the moment right now. No, I'm uh, moving to Venezuela. We'll be starting off with that, and then later on, we're going to be talking about one of Hyman's favorite topics. Yes, hermaphrodites. (laughs) No, I know Not that one. Oh. We're going to be talking about comics and uh, how uh, Hyman's semi-trying to get me into comic books. He's always on the... uh, I'm not trying to get you in, man.
1: You've got to dive in wholeheartedly.
0: All right, go. Did we ever get that far uh, in the music, actually? I don't think we've ever gone that far before, no. All right. So, uh, as Hyman said earlier, talking about Rio de Janeiro Olympics, which, for some reason, they only call it Rio. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I mean... Suddenly got shortened. But... What? It's just Rio Olympics now. They don't call it Rio de Janeiro Olympics. They just call it Rio. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a marketing rem- thing. Yeah, it's, it's hard to remember the de Janeiro. Because everyone's going to go
1: like, yeah, he was great in Raging Bull, but make the family, meet
0: the fuckers. Because, of course, they speak Portuguese in Brazil. Yeah. And it so is, I don't, is it de Janeiro, Janeiro, Janeiro? I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe that's why. You're right. Maybe that's why they just call it Rio. 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 Yeah, it works. You're right. <laughs> it's brilliant marketing it's been a bit of a disaster thus far isn't it really oh my
1: word that place is a mess a mess I mean forget politics just even down to health and safety man what would the, <laughs> what what's it called the Zika virus this has been going on for like
0: over a year maybe we've been hearing about Zika virus isn't
1: yeah it? I mean we've been hearing about it but how long have they known about it uh, the people yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh look I mean alright so it's a mosquito based spread thing like yeah. Uh, what's that other one? That that one in Africa that the mosquito spread?
0: Oh my god! I have no AIDS. Yeah. No. I don't know. No, no. No, hepa- no, not hepatitis. Uh oh the one you get the injection for. Yeah. Oh. Oh god, we're showing our lack of geography. <laughs> we really don't get I out mean, of this country. I literally just said Africa like it's a country. <laughs> yeah. so, so don't don't worry. Whatever you say afterwards is going to sound okay.
1: But yeah, no, it's a mosquito-spread virus.
0: Basically yeah. well, the thing it, is the thing to bear in mind, right? Like they talk about zika virus like it's actually fatal. It's not. It's just you get a... It's it's actually so mild. You might not even notice you have it. Yeah, but it's not about you having it. It means the next generation. Yeah, if you're a pregnant woman, it's serious business. Yeah. Basically, the symptoms are like fever, headache, Mm. sore eyes, swollen eyes. But... Rash, skin rash. But, like, if you're pregnant, it basically stops the growth of certain parts of your body. It can lead to birth defects.
1: Birth yeah. defects, yeah. I mean, that's I'm mean, not exactly
0: it. sure what birth defects... Let's safely assume we're talking, like, missing limbs or something like that.
1: Yeah, or at the very least like one giant hand one tiny <laughs> hand <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not it's like right. exactly a defect if you want to go into cricket or baseball you're pretty good there yeah you've been warned don't get pregnant on Zika sorry even though it's not a fatal disease or anything like that it does spread quite easily mm. and so even the World Health Organization they've actually advised uh, all the Olympic athletes and what have you don't go don't go to Rio we should mention by the way the Olympics starts August 5th oh, yes so just oh a little God, over Close. Away. Yeah. So some would be Olympians at Rio have dropped out. I think it's like a few dozen have dropped out, mostly golfers. The golfers. I don't know are what the real so. sex perverts. Well I suppose they are like they're totally exposed to the elements, aren't they? Yeah. And they probably because they have the little bits like you know, there's the rough and then there's just a yeah. the flat out water bit. But
1: then they're all what wearing they argyle clothing that basically in that heat it'll kill them. <laughs>
0: but they're completely exposed to a lot of mosquitoes, so I can imagine why they don't really. They want no part of this whatsoever. That's, this is not the only thing going wrong for Rio and just Brazil as a fucking hole really, to be honest.
1: Well, I mean, well, what are we going to move on to next? Are we going to talk about the Jaguar?
0: Yeah, so those who aren't aware of the Olympic torch, it does, um, how long does the journey? It's about a year. Yeah, it's, a year, it's, year? it's a year before. It's supposedly, go...
1: it's supposedly four years, and it's basically making its journey. Around the whole globe. Around the whole globe, yeah, but, but, but it's only... usually
0: a year in the country. Yeah, right. Uh, okay, right, that makes sense, yeah. That's when you actually start hearing about yeah, it. Yeah. Just... Because I was like, this didn't happen a year ago. But um, So in Brazil, the Olympic torch, is about to start making its tour of the country mm. and uh, to do a press launch the uh, Olympic whatever the Rio Olympic organizers Rio! they set up a photo shoot with the Olympic torch and a chain Jaguar chain Jaguar I didn't I mean, pronounce that right yeah I? and it <laughs> what? top it off right listen to this headline Unfortunately, today, the Jaguar that was in the had to be shot dead as uh, it attacked a armed police officer. <laughs> so horrendous start there to the Olympic proceedings. oh my well, I mean like it's a cat you it's gonna
1: do what it wants anyway has no respect for what any human wants. <laughs> You're like wait. You think that's running? Look at me. Take this chain off. I'll show you running.
0: (laughs) All right. So, uh, fair enough. They didn't actually, like, it's not like there's video footage of them shooting it because it happened shortly after the press event. Uh. But still, it's just such a. (laughs) Like, you must be thinking to yourself, like, what the fuck else could go wrong? Well,
1: I mean, (laughs) I'm I'm curious how they transported everything around because nothing's built. Nothing's built. No highways, no underground, no. Not even like the.
0: Was it the the the? Is it the velodrome or is it the uh, the swimming the one, pool? Isn't there, was, well, there? like a couple of months ago? Yeah, there were there were serious concerns that almost nothing was going to be built in time, or at hmm. least finished to the point of actually being uh, openable to the public. I mean, but, I, mean I imagine the football stadium is going to be built unless oh, they yeah, tore yeah, it yeah. down. After the oh football. my god, what was it seven one Germany? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the velodrome is the one that uh, people are still a little bit concerned about, even though the organizers are saying, "Oh, don't worry, don't worry." Basically, there are no contractors working at it on it at the moment. <laughs> the last one, the last company went bankrupt. Really? They're basically, they're trying to find. They're trying to source a new one. So yeah, wow, they mean, probably will. But what they're doing to ensure it is actually going to all kick off fine? They're giving everyone IOUs. They've just they bust in tons and ton, thousands of workers, right, to work just round the clock shifts wow. to get it done. Because that's how
1: concrete sets with people looking at it and working, <laughs> stepping in it and moving around it. T-
0: time's got nothing to do with it. But you would be a little bit concerned knowing yeah. that actually, do you know this build? This was really rushed, and the, <laughs> there were guys working round the clock. Probably hadn't eaten very well. Probably hadn't slept very well when they were building it. But Rio has no money. Anyway,
1: Brazil has no money. How are they paying for this? I mean, they're not even going to make any money off the bloody Olympics. The Olympics is designed in a way not to give any money to the
0: country. Everyone sorts out all the deals beforehand. Yeah, it's such a common myth that, oh... Because they always, whenever they're, um, whenever you're like the city's mayor or someone like yeah. that is trying to get people involved with backing the campaign to have the Olympics in yeah. our oh, city, they always sell it as, oh, it's going to be an economic boon. Yeah, everyone's going to be making money. No, the big, massive multinational conglomerates make money. The city doesn't make shit. No, the the best you can say, maybe, if people were now traveling to Rio. But yeah, they're not getting a lot of tourism because of Zika anyway. Yeah. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the only thing the state the rio state government commissioned uh, this cycle path and it was kind yes. of like uh, a bridge along the edge of a cliff right yeah or at least a certain section of it was 50 feet of that section mm. coastal section collapsed it collapsed killing two people 50 feet of it collapsed shit i did not know
1: that yeah. i did, no i i, I knew it, i knew it fell apart i didn't know it actually killed
0: two people killed people
1: yeah so you've got that
0: As a headline. The
1: the off-road biking is going to be a lot more interesting now. I might watch it.
0: (laughs) And um, transport-wise, they're building this um, subway, like a tube, Mm. to take people directly from the Olympic Village to uh, pretty much just outside of the city, right? Where it's a little less... It's more sparse. It's a little less densely populated. Yeah. That's probably not going to be finished in time. And what it means is the athletes and press and broadcasters, all that, they're going to have to be getting on the bus, which is going to be an absolute nightmare. And it like, that could have serious repercussions for the broadcasters and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And the athletes, of course, as well. These cities, I mean,
1: what with the football, when they built that giant, um, not monorail, but, uh, what's, what's the thing where like hanging carriage going up a mountain?
0: Oh, cable car, cable
1: car. Yeah. They built that cable car to the top of that, uh, mountain. Over the slums. Cause they've got slums. The favelas. The favelas, yeah. yeah. And they basically kicked everyone out of the slums. Just so you wouldn't have to, when you yeah. look down. Yeah. You, you wouldn't have to see. <laughs> they, yeah. They built the cable car so you could go straight to the top of the mountain, come back down. But then yeah. they kicked a shit ton of people out of it so you wouldn't have eyesores in it as well. And now the legacy of that is now it's middle
0: class housing in these. Is it kind of like there's a, a thin line of middle class housing between you know separating two sides of working <laughs> no. class slums? With just just where this cable car is going, there's a line of houses. Something uh, the Rio authorities, the Olympic organizers, couldn't ignore: a dismembered body washing up on shore, washing what? up, yeah, washing up on the shore where they're scheduled to play beach volleyball. <laughs> I think it was uh, like had. To, one leg still attached and the upper torso was basically missing and it, it just washed up on the shore like i think this happened maybe a week ago wow okay i didn't know that that's
1: that's crazy nuts.
0: i mean that's like you know in golf or something like that
1: you're like here's a bogey you got to get round it in, ne- in beach volleyball
0: that's what it is yeah, you're like ah no. oh, we go- should have never opened that course in manhattan <laughs> <laughs> Just try and chip it over the dead body. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all right. The the net's good enough to catch all the bullets. <laughs> but yeah, and to make matters worse, for in terms of water sports, there's a ton of just raw sewage that pours out into the uh, the sea. Yeah, into all of the rivers that connect to the sea. It's just completely polluted.
1: No, because because as much as a of a of a modern city it is, it's literally like not every. South American country and major city but they are pulling themselves from their bootstrap and you yeah. can't just wipe away some the slums that were there because they were actually yeah. a vital
0: part of their economy of course they don't have proper sewage
1: treatment exactly it's hard to build something like that a proper like waste well, they, treatment they in, promised
0: because obviously you're awarded the games i think what is it maybe like 8 years before you actually host it so in 2009 I love, I love the way you say awarded
1: Basically, everyone bids for it, puts a shit ton yeah. of money into it. Oh, you didn't get it, but it's we
0: bribery. get to keep the money anyway. 100% bribery. It's, yeah. That's all it is. But they all got awarded it in 2009. And yeah. back then, Rio promised to make eight new water treatment plants. They made one, <laughs> only one. Well, one is a, de- <laughs> eight is a and, derivative uh, <laughs> of one. So it's close. So basically we're facing the reality that the water sportsmen and women, they're going to have to be competing in raw sewage. There's worries that the sailing events they're going to be hitting yes. things like chairs and like you know shopping trolleys and what have you. I remember hearing about like some of the uh, the
1: the the boaters, the boatmen, the boaties, have <laughs> already started putting up their own little nets around oh, the boat. <laughs> no, let Literally, like like junkers, like putting up tires next to stuff. Yeah. They put out more nets f- around the edges of the boat so people, in case they fall out, <laughs> and supposedly it's slowing the boats down. So it's going to be the slowest boat race ever because yeah. no one wants. Everyone's got all this extra drag on there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you'd have to have something on the end to barge shit out of your way yeah. now as well. But it's just, it's it's horrendous. I mean, it is typical. Every olympics you hear the horror stories of buildings not going to be ready in time Mm. blah 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 but this really is like this is a specialist case it's absolute chaos in rio and like say wider still in brazil brazilian government is a bit of disarray just like labor just like the tories i mean is there any solid government like a functioning state Uh, there is no functioning state so rio has its own state authority but they've. Uh, I just love this phrase. They declared Rio to be in a state of. Uh, ca- uh Well, one thing I read said "state of catastrophe." State of catastrophe. And the other one I read that I thought was hilarious was "state of calamity." <laughs> I'd like oh, to calamity, think calamity, Jane. Whip crack away, yeah. whip crack away. I'd like to think the latter one is the correct. The phrase they actually <laughs> used. And they did this to try and get the federal Brazilian government mm. to step in, and basically they're they're worried that. This game is going to go to shit, right? The uh, the police and fire department have been unpaid for several weeks now. Okay. Did you see that picture in the news? No. Which one was this one? This was a picture that when you arrived to Rio airport, yeah, there were policemen and firemen there holding up a big banner. And it just said, welcome to hell, <laughs> in no. massive lettering. And underneath it's, we've been unpaid for X number of weeks. And uh, like crime has been soaring. Good luck. Crime has been soaring in Rio. Uh, burglaries are up, I think it was 43% get this yeah an australian paralympian is that the right phrase yeah paralympian wait yes he was mugged mugged at gunpoint at gunpoint wait was he mugged of his uh wheelchair or his leg his leg (laughs) (laughs) always you always assume when you hear paralympian you always assume those springy guy things yeah (laughs) i don't know why you shouldn't really so it's expected to cost Around $10 billion, which I think is around, I don't know, these days, post-Brexit, you don't know what yeah. the pound's like at the moment. Around £8 billion, I think. Yeah. But... Wait, like you say, where? how are they going to possibly afford this? We couldn't afford something like that right now.
1: Was, wasn't it? I remember hearing something about, like, they projected that if it goes to that cost, it's going to take them about 25 years
0: to pay that off. Yeah. To get back to... Uh, I think that was the same... Almost for, uh, normal. I think that was a similar case for Atlanta, 96. Yeah. Hmm. Because it's so ridiculously expensive to host the Olympic Games now. Yeah. Especially if you're uh, an un, a developing, underdeveloped yeah. city. You're going to have to build all of these new things from scratch. And it mm. costs so much money. They're not going to build it to last. They're going to be like, okay, how long are the Olympics? Oh, it's about two and a half, three weeks. Oh, fuck. Okay, we'll make it last two and a half, three weeks then. Mm. So by the time the Paralympians have come around, it's like this stuff is halfway to breaking, do you know? Yeah. Uh, do you think are the IOC regretting awarding Rio? No, they're counting their money. They're, everyone's still lining up to bid for Paris probably still want it. Yeah, I imagine you're right. I imagine they are just looking, oh, wait, Rio, Rio, we we made that decision years ago. Yeah. We're looking forward. We're not looking <laughs> back. We don't care. We don't care if we're sullying the nope. entire reputation of the Olympics as a brand. We don't and, give a shit.
1: Uh, no, and it's, it's a giant, giant Like business they don't care why why would
0: you care they're trading a commodity yeah it's a brand but given the extreme costs involved with hosting an olympic event even just hosting one olympic event i imagine Mm. would probably be tens if not hundreds of thousands of pounds right to do an entire olympics is it really right to be asking these cities to kind of be encouraging them in a way to put themselves forward to say yeah we're a big we're a big
1: city but that, but that's the thing. Like I, it's probably just me in the way I think. I remember the Olympics, and they, yeah, probably a childish view. Of it. I remember Olympics; it was more countries, yes, than it was. That's why you can't say you can't have another Winter Olympics in Russia the next year, even though it is cities. Why don't you have it? Why didn't we have the Olympics, not in London, but we had facilities in Manchester. We had facilities yeah. all over the country that we didn't have to build all this
0: shit. I think that's how it should be done now, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even It's getting if, way... Yeah. It's way too much. You're just asking... They're paying too much of a price. They're not getting anything back for it, really. And it's... Maybe It's a even. giant tourist trap. Yeah, but maybe even, because I don't like the idea of... Well, look, we're just going to have a list of pre-approved cities that we know can handle it, mm. and we're just going to rotate amongst maybe eight or nine cities in the world. I don't like that idea. No. But I no. like the idea of you just spread it around. Like, it's a global event anyway, right? Why not share the cost? Well, I'm, yeah, no, I'm going to take that back, because it sounds a little too pro-EU. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you were going to start bringing out,
0: like, video videocaster, has no one heard of Cisco Systems? <laughs> Do you think it would be outrageous, though, to just... Have certain events, like because there's going to be certain events like the water sports that really they kind of need a very sunny climate. Mm. So maybe just limit those events to the sunnier climates and just spread the sports around a bit. Broadcasting nightmare, to be sure. And we're mm. handing over now to Helsinki from like you know, just going all around the globe and these satellite systems are crumbling under the weight <laughs> of, and everyone's just kind of going like I've stayed awake for twenty four hours solid and I've watched one
1: day's worth of Olympics. It's crazy. I also it's not special anymore. I mean, it could be mm. I'm just getting older and I just and no, I don't care anymore. I think you're right, but it doesn't feel special, especially when you've got like I'm not a football fan. <laughs> I couldn't give a shit about the world cup or anything like that, or the euros yeah, or anything like that. Yeah, I agree. But they come around every year and I see people jacked up about it. And it doesn't yeah. matter. How do you get this energy to care so much about something that you have it's
0: palpable? S- the excitement yeah. that people feel. I and mean, it's like, a, cause you're collective. You're part of a group as well. Mm. Like, yeah. It's a kind of, a, it's a powerful feeling. Um, But I agree em- with you though, that it's, it's losing its luster. Definitely for sure. Mm. But i think that's part of a wider trend in that all sports most sporting headlines right i would say go back 40 50 years yeah the vast majority of sporting headlines are victory for this team Uh, this player is the most vital person on this team it's all really highly Mm. positive championing stories of glory but these days most stories are Uh, russia has been banned because all of their athletes cheat (laughs) cycling no one watches cycling anymore because everyone knows they're blood dopers and it's because there's so much cheating and corruption that's been reported on in sports i think it's the whole spectrum of sports are losing their luster but also
1: bringing back, back to your original point on that or the the first thing you said was it was like oh america versus russia type thing we don't care anymore I mean, the only people that really care are, like, countries that hate each other, like, Turkey versus Greece type thing. They're the only country, not all, like, you know, North Korea versus, or, like, China (laughs) China versus Japan because there's, like, a perpetual hate and stuff like that. Mm. They're the only countries that are going to really care about, like, but we don't think like that anymore. We don't really
0: think, in like, this country has to beat this other country because we're all virtually working together. But But how do you think they should... What should the IOC do moving forward? How do we stop things like this happening again?
1: You can't. You can't. It's on a... Unless you you can't stop the roundabout, it's going to keep spinning around and going up and down. You can't stop. You can't crumble a brand like this. You need enough countries to say, you know what, fuck this. We're not going to actually bid for this anymore until you make changes god that's gonna that's like a that's That's like a 20 year lag yeah do you know what I mean no it'll take its time but you'll need you need major countries
0: to say you know what fuck it we're not gonna bid because my fear my fear is the combination of the fact that hosting Olympic events costs way too much money there's a lot of companies that get bankrupted by it Mm. And I mean, the insurance on most of these things destroyed
1: yeah, a couple of companies. completely.
0: Couple that with all the cheating, the doping, steroids, what have you, HGH, all of the corruption going on in sports as a whole. The fear is that it actually just, like you say, it just dies away. First, what would happen is people would just stop watching it. Mm. And then cities would stop wanting to host it because nobody wants to watch it anyway.
1: I, I think the, we have to give up on... Because we hit a plateau of human extremism you humans aren't going to get and you'll save a quarter of a second at most on anything and no one's going to yeah, get yeah, better yeah. we need to actually double down and invest in all the uh steroids and everything like that i want to see someone run
0: a 100 meters in two
1: seconds
0: i think i think rather than steroids and like uh captain america type serums yeah It's going to be cybernetics. That's going to be the future. Humans versus robots is going to be John Henry all over again. And they're going to be uh, engineering teams that become really famous because they're building these super athletes. (laughs) The guy throws the javelin out of the stadium onto a highway. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next, uh, talking about one of Hyman's pastimes pastimes it's it's a hobby it's a, it's a it's a I enjoy it very much and I wish everyone else got into it it's very highbrow uh, first quick question comic book or graphic novel
1: well they're two different things a graphic novel is a compendium of one story and a comic is an individual I'm getting bored already
0: more no! more of that coming up in a second segment <laughs> mm. back segment two segment two chapter two the dark knight returns or maybe volume two considering we're talking about boom prescient talking about comic books
1: so okay so we're talking comic books here and we brought this up because it was Tom's birthday recently and I just bought him two graphic novels this year I've been buying people graphic novels I thought this year is graphic novel year this is comic book year everyone
0: gets a comic book on their birthday you know birthday. what this is this is the classic 20 to 30 something male thing of when buying someone a present you buy you can't think what they would like so you just buy something you'd like to receive
1: you're a closed book so I have to buy you other books <laughs> that's what I'm doing no no last year you weren't complaining when I bought you DVDs, though no, I know you not. haven't actually yeah. opened them. Yeah. <laughs> you still you still haven't watched the first series
0: of Homicide Life on the Streets. Oh, I'm, i I that is on the back of my mind a lot. You don't have to watch it, but well, no, you I do will watch do. it I will. for fuck's sake. It's it, amazing. Yeah. Because you've been into comic books like pretty much I've been I've been reading them since I was sixteen. Because As I said, I don't I'm not a huge comic book fan. Certainly not to the extent that you are. You're you're not you're not averse to the media? because I, I used know... to be. Really? Yeah, I used to hate comic books. Wow. The... Okay. I mean, as a kid, I read Beano and um, what was the other one? The Dandy. The Beano, Dandy. I read awesome, things like that. Awesome uh, books. I never moved to the next level. It's not even moving to the next level. It's a, it's a different
1: different type of mindset. They're all the same. It's like having pop art no. and
0: portrait old portraits they're still art so i mean though the comic books the notion of comics that we think of today that we envision today when someone says comic books that didn't really start until like 1930s ish that's basically superman was the first he wasn't the first hero he was the first superhuman hero right because there was the phantom the shadow he's the first one that grabbed the brand and ran with
1: it he's he, he he's he was meant to represent the best of everything all in one character. Yeah. And you know, you had on the other side of it Timely Comics which then became Marvel
0: cuz Superman was 1938 on a cover of a comic Action Comics number 1. He's then, he's depicted holding a car above his head and yeah, this was like crushing it into the rock. Yeah, like I said, he wasn't the first hero, but Mm. he was the first hero that was showing real explicit displays of doing things that human beings can't Mm. physically do. He's superhuman. That idea was introduced. What I read was he was the first character strong enough to uh, hold himself up on his own. Yeah, Like comics before then were always a collection of different characters and they're... Continuing sagas.
1: I mean, Superman started this golden age of superheroes, super characters. These people above and beyond, Fly,
0: jump over buildings. Yeah.
1: This was all new back then. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you could almost say it's not new. It's the modern iteration of uh gods, mm,
0: demigods. Yeah, demigods. Yeah. I mean, you look at Hercules. So thirty-eight, from what I've read, was when Superman Action Comics number one comes out. Mm, came out. Did reasonably okay. And then a year, nearly a year later, roughly a year later, Batman, Detective Comics number 27, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, the, their ripoff of the Shadow stroke, Dracula stroke. The debut of Batman. And, yeah. But he was, he kind of rode the line in between the old-style heroes and the new superheroes. Yeah. He didn't have any super strength, supervision, no. nothing like that. He but was he was a, guy, a playboy millionaire. Yeah. He's, got all these gadgets and wacky sci-fi esque inventions. Whereas our playboy millionaires, just by football teams. And I think he filled that there was probably a void left by Superman. Mm. Where maybe it was just a little bit too uh goody goody, a little too pure, a little too Sunday church school, you know, Sunday school kind of thing. I mean, yeah, I mean With like Batman the Batman st- was darker grittier yeah he he was
1: fighting cults he was fighting klu klux clan he was yeah like death
0: cults in some some of the comics so 38 39 superman batman 1941 another staple of comic books Mm. captain america now he was a ripoff he was a marvel creation yeah who was ripping off this is what i found out earlier this morning uh, a character called a DC character called the Shield.
1: Yeah, the Shield. He was yeah. one of the
0: first comic book costume superheroes to wear the American flag mm. to be draped in the American flag all over his costume. Yeah, oh god, um, the first patriotic probably... hero. Yeah. Imagine but here's what I was getting at with the Captain America Shield. Thing. Yeah, they copy each other, don't they? DC and Marvel, they copy each other quite a lot, don't they?
1: Yeah, of course. They're... There is. There are only so
0: many ideas out there,
1: you know. The Iron Man is a guy in an iron suit. That's a knight in armor. You can almost
0: say like you're stealing yeah. from the Camelot type thing. And then, of course, they kind of Batman kind of copied Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the he has the, his he, own powered armored suit
1: as well. Yeah, I mean, he said like Batman stole straight from the shadow, stole straight from the phantom. Yeah, right. Like everyone just knows it happens. Right, it okay. just is. I mean, it's why you. You get some of the best writing with the independent comics because they're just trying
0: something new. Ah, brings me on neatly to my next question. <laughs> so, uh, in my understanding, my knowledge mm. of the comic book world, there's but- Marvel, there's DC, and then there's basically everybody else in terms of like market share and market share. Uh, you could definitely say presently that's got
1: a little murkier. But then it goes. It goes in waves. It true. Publishing goes in waves. Marvel and DC seem to have stood the test of time. Right. As yeah. as each one has separately in their own times almost filed for bankruptcy.
0: Mm. Like Marvel famously, uh, if Iron Man didn't work out, yeah. If the uh, the movies didn't work out, it might have collapsed the comic book, right? Yeah. Well, their I mean, for,
1: for ten years before that, they sold off most of their rights to uh toy
0: model uh toy manufacturers uh, oh okay at what point did you realize that there was a stigma a social stigma attached to comic books the thing is
1: when i started getting into them properly comics were going through a boom the cartoons were out x-men x-men the spider-man stuff on the saturday morning there was a new hulk Hulk, yeah i was reading them and i was actually collecting storylines whilst everyone else was just getting into the cartoons and I was, and it was all right. It was doing
0: fine. It, you know, but like, I mean, were you one day kind of just walking down the street, reading a comic, <laughs> but you notice people are looking at you and like, God, why is he reading? Why is he reading that? No, I get that today. Actually nowadays mm. when reading comics. Yeah. Uh,
1: on a train or something like that, a long journey type thing. There, there is a stigma. I mean, like, as much as the Marvel and DC brands in the movies, they've done yeah. nothing. They've not done nothing to legitimize comics. That's so weird to me. And like, you can look at the sales of actual comics, mm. they haven't risen. They've almost taken a dip a little bit because people are getting their, you know, their hit of, mm. of that narrative from movies in like, Dolby 5.1 surround sound. Yeah. Oh, you're v- actually glasses. doing it for me. I don't have to concentrate on going from one panel to the next kind of like, cause it's an art.
0: The social stigma associated <laughs> with comic books is largely that you're a loser, a virgin. You live in your mother's basement, blah, blah, blah. Why the, is the, that though? How did, how did comic books, cause I mean, video games used to be associated with that, but it's now, it's transcended. It's grown out of that. But it I, I think, in essence, or oh, in some part, it's it's seen as
1: such an easy medium to digest. It's not hard literature. Mm, yeah. You, you'd you almost say someone that reads a shitty Jilly Cooper or a Mills and Boone is respected more as a reader. One leg above, yeah. Yeah. No, not even one leg. A hundred legs above someone reading a comic because mm. you've got pictures with it. That's true. They're somehow
0: pictures maketh the idiot. It's, I think it's linked... To cartoons. This is like a big cultural difference between East and West. In the West, cartoons are heavily associated with children. Even though cartoons started off, they were first watched by adults in movie theatres. Yeah, I mean, you just look at any Robert Crumb stuff. Yeah, but in Japan, they're associated with broader appeal. There are kids' cartoons, and then there are uh, adult cartoons. Yeah. It seems like comic books are struggling to establish that not all comics are for children, for like age 7 plus, you know? There are adult ones, aren't there? Because as you said... Earlier, and as I said earlier, Hyman bought me a couple of comic books. I read them on the tube, commuting into work. Mm-hmm. Now, I've noticed when I'm reading a book or a political magazine, like Spectator or New Statesman, nobody is looking at me. No one's clocked me. Yeah. And there are times when I'm reading The Spectator thinking, oh my God, oh God, I hope someone doesn't yeah. clock it and come up to me like, <laughs> you right wing, Tory cunt? You know what I mean? So reading the two comic books you got me, Yeah. I did notice people looking at me, One looking at me mean- in a kind of, really? Really, a comic book on your commute to work? I'll give you one of them. Definitely, it was very cartoonish. Yeah, but I got, yeah. but I bought you two ends of the two ends of the spectrum of comic books. Not really, because mm. they were both adultish. As I said earlier, there are there are really <laughs> kids comics and then adult comics, mature yeah. comics. I mean, these were both the mature end. Don't get me started. There are some amazing kids comic books i mean no
1: i i I, should you know just because you're a kid doesn't mean you can't get into like long narratives
0: so uh the two comics you got me one was called southern bastards written by jason aaron jason aaron yep southern bastards is very very simplistic straightforward storytelling where it's a guy an older guy i think he's like a a vietnam war veteran in his like 60s say he's coming back to this Southern town, this small isolated Southern town that he grew up in and that he got out of as soon as he could.
1: Yeah. He's clearing out his uncle's house.
0: Yeah. it's his, It was originally his dad's house that he built with his bare hands, yeah. that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, his dad died years ago. Mm. His uncle was living in that house. He's now dead and he's the next of kin. So he right. has to deal with like the same duress that coming
1: of that. back to this.
0: And, uh, just out, uh, just outside the house is his dad's grave. Mm. Now, his dad was a former sheriff of said southern town. And his weapon of choice was a big wooden bat. Not like an actual carved out baseball bat. More like a kind of a branch that looks like a baseball bat. The main protagonist of the character, is, his name is called L. L Tubbs. Earl Tubbs, tub, yep. So his dad was buried with this bat that he was famous for wielding and beating up criminals with. And the bat itself turned into a tree sprouted out right next to the gravestone Earl's come back to his hometown to find that it's basically run by a mob a bunch of gangsters they not even, tied to a, a, the high school football team. It's not even a mob. It's it's
1: it's almost more dirtier than that. It's like the mindset of the town has changed, has changed, but or hasn't changed so much.
0: It's like they just kind of accept that there's a lot of gang violence, a lot yeah. of people getting their heads kicked in. They just they keep their mouths shut. They don't do anything about it. And this is at odds with Earl's memories of this town when his dad used to be the sheriff. But so he's his kind of torn. as was
1: a bastard, anyway.
0: Yeah, but he's he's kind of torn with the idea of do I abandon this town or do I try and save it and stay? Before he can make his mind up, he's at his dad's grave, and it's raining. There's a thunderstorm, and lightning bolt strikes the tree next mm. to his dad's gravestone, and the tree explodes. And then, almost miraculously, what's left in the flames, lying in the grass, is his dad's old bat. And so <laughs> Earl takes this as the sign of yes. I'm. I have to stay. It's my destiny to stay and clean up this town. Is that really how you saw it? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I didn't. Okay, now go, go. This, this is, I want to I want to hear this roar. I mean, I would, I'm not going to give spoilers away, but there, there's a gang that's linked to the high school football team, and it turns out the coach of the high school football team is basically, he's kind of like a mafia boss. He's, mm. he's portrayed as the kind of mafia boss type. And uh, I've only read the first volume. Obviously, they get more into the backstory of the coach. Yeah. And I, I won't give away the ending. or anything. It's like wonderfully that, but, um, multi-layered. I don't, yeah. Well, I don't know. It was very, very simple, but it was just your introduction into it. So I mean I'd I'd be curious to read the second volume. But I wanna say that uh very, very violent, very gritty. The art style I, th- I felt was a little bit lazy. It was obviously a stylistic choice. The the
1: jagged art type
0: feel. Yeah, like almost minimalist. Yeah. It could have l- l- less less inking and more colouring. Yeah, very very red. Yeah, dark red, blood red, reddish browns, which is mm. obviously like a color associated with rage. And there's a lot of yeah. rage Or the,
1: the south. This the south,
0: this red, this, yeah. the south, so, the Kentucky color. But like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't
1: want to get into a deconstruction of of the comic, but. I felt this was all like a personal tale as well of Jason Aaron, yeah. Because I mean, he wrote. I'm not going to get into what else he's written. He's an amazing writer, one of my favorite writers. But I felt this is like this is his taste of what America is. This as much his as take the, on the South, yeah, where he coming up. coming from there, the South. Yeah. Like these are these are sports towns. Mm. All they've got is the high school football team, and so they have to build up this this power around it, or else they mean nothing. They don't mean anything, and like. Like, yeah they'd uh, have nothing yeah really right. the south demands it has these towns well they're just and, so and, and Earl Tubbs
0: has reluctantly come back to this world like I say, that's something that if I think if people understood when you are in your late 20s early 30s and you're reading comic books these are the kind of comic books you're reading you're not reading the kiddie stuff but I suppose just because it's associated with cartoons, that it's it's lacking the kind I of serious... People don't give it that seriousness. I mean, this links in nicely to the second comic book. Yeah. In stark contrast to the first <laughs> with the gritty realism of Southern Bastards. The second comic book Hyman got me is uh, called I Hate Fairyland. And like I say, in stark contrast to Southern Bastards, where that was very dark, all kind of red, same reddish-brown colour. But I hate Fairyland. <laughs> Amazingly Who? bright and colourful. Before. well the writer scotty young that's right yeah. yeah uh just as violent if not more <laughs> so if not even more so
1: if you if you want to link it to like cartoonish violence think deadpool if that helps
0: yeah true and uh the basic premise is it, it, it starts it kind of throws you right into it from the very beginning the first mm. panel is a little girl called gertrude who's uh she wishes that she could go to a magical, wonderful land full of magic and fun. And then she immediately starts getting swallowed up into her bedroom carpet. A five-year-old girl. She's about six or seven, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. a Very, very and, young.
0: I wish I could be a princess-type thinking. And uh, I knew I was going to like this comic straight away. Because she falls into this black abyss. Mm. And she's falling for a really long time. Ah! Like, and she's saying, I don't wanna die. I don't wanna die. And then like after the like six panels of that, she's like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and she just slams into the crowd. And, uh, it turns out she's whisked away into this fairy tale land where there's the old there's the classic the, the queen who governs the entire yep. kingdom. Everything is so wonderfully innocent in their minds. Yeah, exactly. And um, she's told by the queen. If you want to leave fairyland and go back to your world, you have to go on a quest to find a key. He's like, yay, I'm going to go on a quest in this fairyland. I'm an Alice in
1: Wonderland. I'm a Dorothy from (laughs) Wizard of Oz. This is, I'm, I'm destined to be this.
0: I'm destined to do this journey and have the tale I can tell for the rest of my life. And I love, there's a little storytelling element where, uh, each chapter is narrated by an official storyteller, like it's their job, their role in fairy yeah. tale, fairy land, is to tell the story. The stories. benevolent, the benevolent, yeah. above-it-all narrator. And um, so the she finds out she has to go on this quest, Gertrude. And uh, the next panel is this moon who's narrating her story. And he's talking about how she's on her quest to find the key. And it's been 27 years. (laughs) (laughs) So she's been stuck in this fairy land for 27 years and physically she doesn't age. Mm. So she still looks like a seven-year-old, but she's consciously been in that world for all 27 years. And so she's she's losing the plot a little bit. Um,
1: But she's also in this world that, is it's like having shell shock. It's like post-traumatic stress disorder. She's in a constant state of battle. Because she, as much as she's on the on the quest, she's not of that
0: world. So no. she is still, she's still intera- alien. It's yeah. still alien, yeah. I mean, of course, it's a candy land type world. So everything she eats everything, literally everything. She'll eat like little people that are in this world as well. <laughs> like I say, she's lost the plot. But everything she eats obviously has stupid amounts of sugar in it. So, like, her teeth are all rotting. Yeah. <laughs> She's always constantly like hyper. Up. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, like, it's got extremely dry, sarcastic humor. And, uh, like, the very opening of it, before there's the uh, what do you call it, the prologue, mm. there's a little quote. There's a picture of a five pointed star anthropomorphized. So, it's got a face and everything. Yeah. And it's got black eyes, tongues hanging out, bleeding from the lip, and like one of its stars, as though it were its leg has been broken, and you see like the the bone poking through. And it just says, "There's just a little quote about all you saw was her green hair and the blood of my people." <laughs> and what it turns out is, in this world of fairyland, virtually everything is alive, like trees, mountains, and she, Gertrude, our main protagonist. She has this. She's basically a trigger happy, gun toting maniac. Like, she's she- trapped on this quest. <laughs> she's trapped on this quest. But she, like, every time something could potentially help her, mm. she blows the fuck out of it with like a giant shotgun. But in in essence, I, what I love about it is, as much as she's
1: her own worst enemy, this world isn't designed to help her.
0: Well, I mean, there's um there's a great little twist where the queen is basically getting fed up with the fact that she hasn't left yet. Yeah, and there's a rule stating that the queen can't hurt any human visitors to Fairyland, and so she's getting increasingly vexed, and she just wants rid of Gertrude, and she figures out there's a little caveat to the rule mm. that says if another human comes in and completes the quest, if yeah, if the new, if the second human finds the key first, the first human is no longer a visitor; they live in Fairyland, and the queen can do whatever she wants to Gertrude. So the queen invites a little girl called Happy. Oh, and she is, whoa, brilliant. and um she meets up with Gertrude at one point and she's like, Gertrude's like, oh my God, so y- you're like me. You've been here for this whole time, these 27 years. She's like, no, I've only been here a day. And I've already the, got six of the keys I need. Yeah, the juxtaposition is that she's had such an easy ride of it compared to Gertrude who's had to slaughter her way through this magical <laughs> kingdom and she never finds the key. But happy is like, she's, she's making all the right choices yeah, because she's a much more pleasant, happier yeah. person.
1: Trust the witch that you meet
0: yeah. and or something like that. The people of fairyland are more willing to help her. Yeah. But anyway, I won't give away spoilers because it is a great comic. And if you're going to get into comics at all, I think this is a really good one to start. If you're in your late like, twenties, early thirties, right? It's, Cause it's,
1: it's steeped in irony. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those books that only works nowadays when you've got a jaded personality. Cynical. Cynical. Yeah.
0: But it's, it's really bright and colorful, which is what you really deep down. That's what I want from a comic book and but things like video games. If you can make it bright and colorful, why don't you? But that's the thing as well. That's, that's linking a great writer with a great artist. That's knowing
1: what yeah. works together. Cause that wouldn't have worked say with the art from Southern bastard. The artwork is
0: fantastic. Yeah. It's, Very sadistic and twisted storytelling Mm. and the humor. If you're early 30s millennial and you grew up on things like men behaving badly and bottom and things like that, even Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, exactly. You're going to love this. Mm. I highly recommend it. I'm definitely, I don't think this was like a volume one compendium. Yeah, volume one, volume two is coming out soon. Yeah, when it comes out, definitely. I might buy (laughs) Southern Bastards volume two. I'm definitely going to buy volume two of I Hate Fairyland. Alright, right, ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 19 of the Tom Dick and Hyman Show. Hopefully, we've uh, allayed your fears about Rio Olympics. We've
1: definitely given you the very, very heartfelt second half, but the first half
0: is where the meat is. Hopefully, we've alleviated some of the stigma. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we got a little nerdy. I definitely got nerdy. All right, well, with any luck, I'll be taking a break next week doing this starting to kill me a little bit like i say a lot of podcasts don't make it to episode 20 and you know i know the reason why but rest assured ladies and gentlemen there will be an episode 20 there might not be an episode 21 but there will be an episode 20
1: <laughs> we're bucking the trend see you next time ciao you